Welcome back to First World Solutions, a problem-solving show for people who don't necessarily need one. I'm Joel. I'm Oscar. I'm Tom. And we're back once more in the sitch, in the situation, in the room. We're just, we're in the room. <laughs> we're, in, um, we're in a very hot and sweaty room, and it's hurting. Mm, the humidity. Oh, oh, the humidity. Oh, the humidity. <laughs> we're here to help. We're here to help you with your tiny, your minor issues, your inconveniences, your discrepancies in your life. Just to kind of notch you up a little bit. Uh, we'll start with Oscar. What you got for us today? Today, I've got one from Luke Money. That's Luke Money 14 on Twitter, who says, aren't any more difficult things to do in life than trying to take a relaxing poop emoji in a plane during turbulence? I mean, wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a story. Mm. That's a difficult thing. I, I've not experienced this on a plane. I have experienced it on a train. Yeah. Which I think is like training wheels, like... Building yeah. up to it. It's that's that's the tutorial level for for movement based poop. Transport poop, yeah. I I think there's two levels if that's training if that's a tutorial, it's train and then final boss plane. Yeah. Skydiving. <laughs> Wait, ferry. Ferry is worse. Is it worse? I mean small no, small boat is worse. Mm. Small boat, yeah. Oh god. Speedboat. Speedboat. They don't speed have toilets pooping. on, so that's, I don't know how that would work. But yeah, that's toilet true. on a speedboat is probably the final you thing go, there. You go in nature's toilet, just very fast. Yes. Okay, so how on earth do we fix this? Because honestly, there's not much worse than that. Like, I mean, obviously you have to run the tutorial level. You absolutely do. You've got to go through the train. Um, but other than how that, did, How mean... did you cope with the train? Because obviously, ter- I mean, first things first, they say turbulence on a plane. Did you have turbulence on a train? I don't think they call it that on a train. Or at least if they do, then I was... On the wrong tracks, um, <laughs> sky tracks, <laughs> off-road training. It's uh, it's difficult. You you just got to hold on and hope for the best, which, <laughs> admittedly, is the same as always when you when you're going for it. But just you never really think about it that much. No, you I mean it's a real core workout. Let's be honest. It's it's a sup- how do, how do I phrase this? It's not so much the movement, it's the element of surprise. <laughs> Which is, let's be honest, never something you want to introduce to yourself when you're having a bowel movement. If you were on a toilet that was going up and down in a regulated motion that you could predict, then you'd probably be all right. <laughs> you'd be weirded out, for sure. Why is this toilet going up and down, like, relatively quickly but smoothly? But, if you, but like Joel's saying, if you can go into it knowing that there's going to be an up and a down and that there's going to be a predetermined arc to the movement, mm. you can then, you know, adjust where your body is accordingly. I think, then, we have a solution. I think motorised toilets on airplanes. Oh, what? So, like the idea of a steady cam. But it's a mm, toilet. Exactly that. So you go in steady there. Steady can? Steady can is perfect because yeah. you go in there and you're worried about the turbulence. You're not sure when it's going to throw you off. If the toilet is already moving on a easy to predict, fail safe mode, just mm. going round in a circle, regardless of what else is going on in the plane, you can just sit down and know you're going to be moving, but it's on your terms. So that the room that that's going to be encased in therefore has to be much bigger. So either you cut out a lot of seats on the plane. Most of the plane will be toilet, yes. Yeah, that's going to be a 50-50 plane toilet to plane passenger. I'm thinking more 70-30. I want a very big toilet. Okay. What if we make it more of a challenge mode and it's similar to a rodeo? <laughs> what, so what, even so when there bronco. isn't turbulence, yes, you become accustomed it's to it. So everyone. So actually, it's not plain toilets that need to change. It's all other toilets. All t- yeah, because then you'd be ready for it. That makes and a lot actually more a sense. plane would be the calmest. That's true because yeah, they, they in the question mentioned the word relaxed. 
this would be the most relaxing situation in the world to them, considering that their home toilet is already set to, to hard difficulty. Fucking Bronco mode. Absolutely. Mm. Are, we t- are we thinking Japan style have many toilet modes? But oh, this what? is just based on the motion that you can control. Because if you know it's going to be a uh, unstable movement, you're not going to go for one that's going to move around a lot. Yeah, if you've had a lot of curry the night before, you're not going to go, you know what, today I'm going to train for my plane journey next week. No, you're going to be tactical about it. But if you are feeling confident going into it, like, yeah, today's the day I'm going to notch it up to level three. Nice. Conquer that mountain. Yeah. So, Do I- we just rip wholesale the control panel from, like, a massage chair? I'm just... thinking more a treadmill with like okay. kind of like a readout how many calories you've how many just... incline <laughs> like all the relevant heart, stats heart rate <laughs> what There's course somewhere... you want to go on distance like... <laughs> distance pooped yeah sitting distance yeah. one always one well yeah it's gonna be one <laughs> you keep pressing it it just keeps it's, it's cycle units one. it's always one mm. I really like the idea of that. So basically what we're thinking, what, or what I'm thinking anyway, is you know in uh, train and planes, they have a disabled um, handle that you can actually pull down if you need to access it. Yes, yes. I think on the other side of the toilet is something that's against the wall, and it's the control panel that you pull down and strap in front of you. Oh, what, like a roller coaster? Like a roller coaster. You kind of bring it down over the shoulder, yeah. and it's a control panel right in front of you that you can set the turbulence on. Okay. And then from there, you can start being like, right, I'm going to Hawaii in three weeks, I've got to start preparing myself. Like you would for a marathon on an actual treadmill. Right. There are actually, like, there are courses that will get you set up. I mean, this is a good safety measure, if nothing else, because you don't want someone that's particularly light or easy to be, like, thrown around using this bucking bronco who accidentally sets it up too high and is catapulted off the toilet mid-movement. That's probably not going to... You don't want to poop NATO on the hands. Yeah, very few National Express, like, uh, public transport people are going to want to sign up for that because that triples their cleaning bills. It's very, very true. I very much like this. Steadicam is one of my favourite brand names we've ever come up with. It'd probably be Unsteadicam, really, more (laughs) what we were talking about, because we've gone from it being a smooth, like, gyro-based thing to the the absolute opposite. In that case, what's a new brand name for us? We Um, can call this sold, because, frankly, we've fixed all toilets everywhere. Planes are the only thing that doesn't have to change. Rodeo? Rodeo Why are you making a fist, Oscar? (laughs) I'm just thinking. This is my but, thinking. This is my thinking fist. <laughs> <laughs> I've activated my thinking fist. I tell you what, that's going to be... We'll think about that for the rest we'll of the We'll yell it out midway through another question. Yeah. Done. And we'll edit it in. And Not or, even edit it. Just... People will know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll just edit out the de- fist dedicated like. channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we can call that one solved. I'm well yeah. done. I'm be- awesome. It's basically just training... You're constantly training. Yeah, you're constantly preparing for the plane ride. Okay, so with that sorted, we'll deal with the brand name later. Let's move on to another one from you, Tom. Okay, uh, Mr. Esoteric from Reddit has had a problem recently. I accidentally ordered a $135 plate of caviar. Ooh, that is not a happy accident. The process of that happening... It's is utterly baffling to me. $135. $135 plate that he's accidentally found himself... In front of them. So he's he's gone on, I mean, presumably, wait, was this on the internet or is this in a restaurant? I mean, plate, you would assume that would be that's a restaurant. a restaurant. Okay, so he's in a restaurant. He's looking down at the menu and they've gone, caviar? And he's been like, <laughs> yes. Which I don't <laughs> in think, that exact tone. I don't think uh, that's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe he's just really sarcastic, like, uh, yeah, I'd love the $135 plate of caviar. And they've gone, oh, excellent. All right, then. Yeah, I mean... 
Or, so at no point, how is that an accident? I mean, okay, the... Maybe he thought it said £1.35. Have you ever well, been... Well, yeah, at that cost. Have you ever been in the situation where you're eating somewhere, this is clearly fitting, that's fancy, and everything's written out in the native language or using lots of long words and you don't want to seem uneducated, Not you're not supposed to be there. So rather than try and stumble your way through your ham-fisted pronunciation of the words on the menu, you just point. Yeah. Mm. If this is a clumsy or larger gentleman with pudgier digits with, or less certain digits, he might big old just, pointers. I meant to point to the, the bread, the bread basket. <laughs> I, I wanted the olives that cost $3. Yeah, I mean, that's really, that's really vindictive on the restaurant's part to put $135 something next <laughs> to something else. Do you reckon they do this with every single table? They're just like, yes, I think we'll have the gazpacho soup to start. I, they definitely pointed to the caviar. Bring out the caviar. <laughs> 17 bowls of moe. Wow, weird <laughs> starter, but okay. Unusual, but let's roll with it. So, so let's put ourselves in Mr. Esoteric's shoes here. You've accidentally ordered it. You're too. You're in too much of a fancy place. Maybe this is a very special occasion, and you can't really make a stink. The plate comes out. It's put in front of you. What do you do? Well, if it's a fancy place, you can't say sorry. I don't have the funds. But maybe you pull a power move that a lot of people do and just complain about the caviar and say it's not up to your usual I see. standards. You, you act like, usually I order $200 caviar and this is garbage in comparison. Yeah. yeah. So and you, then they say, would you, would you like a, a fresh portion? And you go, you know what? Forget it. Take it away. I see. So you guilt trip them into it. Mm. See, I was thinking... I mean, I quite like that because then you have a potential to be written off your bill. So at least, at the very least, the costs are back and they're recouped. What I think you do is you take the caviar that's presented to you and you don't take this as a loss, you take this as a challenge. You start trying to sell that caviar to other restaurant goers in order to make your money back. So you sublet the caviar. You sublet the caviar. In the middle of your meal as yes, well. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You're yelling across the restaurant like, Table four. <laughs> Can't help but notice that bread's looking a little dry. And then you, yeah, I, I'm assuming you ask for like five or six side plates, divvy it up. Yep. And then you start cutting it with all the like black beans. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he goes table five, who gets his butter knife from the side, dips it in, and then like gets a little bit on it and just licks it immediately off and goes, You cutting this with something, bro? <laughs> no, I swear, this is pure on a dollar range of shit. You trying to fuck me? <laughs> But this, is, this is all taking place two minutes from their table, like literally in the middle of the restaurant. I'm, I'm the caviar king. You step up to my, <laughs> my spot. Even though, even if you play it by the rule book and you don't cut it with anything, if you're selling five plates of an $135 caviar at, say, $40, $50 each, then you're making bank. You're making a ton of bank, and especially if you cut it with coal. I mean, the risk reward here is pretty serious because if the restaurant catches you selling... <laughs> Their food. Is that, do they do raids on tables? Do they, like, I don't think it's so in? much raids. It's just, hey, hey, what are you doing, dude? Uh, Is everything okay? And you're just like busy, just splicing up caviar. On your table. Cutting it up with a credit card on your table. <laughs> Everything's fine. It's delicious. This is what I wanted. Go away. We're cool. We're cool, man. Maybe you get someone in the restaurant, a disgruntled wait staff, who's not happy with their current An inside job. man. Yes, inside exactly. Man. They bring you those extra side plates. They take like a 20% cut. I see. I mean, obviously they have to charge you regardless because otherwise the higher ups, they're going to know. Well, they'll charge you on your bill for the, the original caviar, yeah. but then they're perfectly poised to go to the other tables and be like, I can get you in on some cheap, they're, cheap they're, good They're goods. your inside man. They go up to the other table and they're like, unfortunately, our special caviar is off the menu, but we, we have, have a very backup. limited supply. So their job then is to 
I guess they're also they're acting like a caviar pimp for your meal that you've accidentally bought. If you, I think they're basically fish, they're fish runners, is what they are. Fish runners. What's going to happen with this guy is that the first time he does this, it's a loss. It's going to have to be because he's going to have to take that time to make the connections with yep. the waiting staff mm. to but it's feel a- it all out. So it's a basically, once he's in, he's got to try and just one more job to make back the money I spent. <laughs> it's exactly that. It's You order it once and you're in for life. Yeah. You, never get, you never get to leave now. Yeah, there's that, I mean, there, you know, there are innumerable comparisons to be drawn between accidental caviar purchase and drug running. <laughs> it's fucking perfect. This is a movie I want to watch. Yeah, I mean, crab sticks, mm. they're just a gateway. Yeah. <laughs> What you start just like shaving carrots into the shape of like crab meat. So I can stop anytime I want. I don't even like it. <laughs> I haven't even eaten any. I think yeah, it's it's got to be. You lean fully into the caviar lifestyle immediately. Buy yourself a fur coat and a feather in your hat and such. Maybe some caviar. Maybe some mm, <laughs> caviar. What's fancier than caviar? Don't get half your own supply, man. No. Don't get do a it. taste for it. I think we could say that's solved. That's Become solved. the number one caviar kingpin. Right, let's move on to something less uh, criminal. <laughs> um, I've got one here from Juliet, that's Jubo85 on Twitter. She's attached a screenshot, a picture of herself on a plane. Uh, again, on a plane. This time she's not in the bathroom, she's in her seat and she's got swathes of room in front of her. She says, legroom of dreams, but can't reach my coffee. Oh, what's oh. that? So far away, it's she can't. So far away, look at that. You can't just reach out and get a good sip of your coffee. You're, that's miles away. She's going to have to get up oh. to go grab that cup and then sit down. And that's not relaxing. That's not relaxing whatsoever. How on earth do we fix this? What is the perfect payoff between legroom and ease of access? Because I don't think you ever want to trade any legroom, though. No, no. On, a, on a plane especially, it's a fiercely fought commodity. Mm. I think the only other way to do it is to have the table on runners that run parallel along your space so you can move it forward and backwards as you need. Okay. I see okay, I see that. So your However, that rails. would be that would be a fix for the next passenger. It's not a fix for Juliet in that situation right now. If you find yourself in that situation, you can't rely on the product being invented. We've got to find a way for her to sort this out. Now. If it wasn't coffee, if it was a colder beverage, I'd suggest foot manoeuvring. I was thinking foot manoeuvring. Mm. But coffee is the one Coffee's that a danger. You just don't want to risk that. It's a dangerous drink. I was going to also suggest kick the tray and catch in midair. That's another good option. What about a really long, sturdy straw? That could work. However, realistically... Boiling liquids don't work yeah, too great through a straw. They really don't, because then you get a concentrated hit of the very, very hot on one part of your tongue. Directly at the back of your throat. Yeah, and it's, it's absolutely <laughs> vile. So, I, although I do like the idea of a very long, MacGyvered kind of grabbing device... Made from many straws. Okay, so what do you have when you get on a plane? You so, get a hot towel. You okay. do. Hot towel, blanket, eye mask. A straw, probably. A magazine, but yep. like a, a higher quality magazine. A knife and fork. Knife and fork, naturally, naturally. Yep. A little... Butter. Cu- <laughs> well, I know, the, 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 it's just the coffee. The meal hasn't arrived yet. Okay, mm. all right. So I don't think we've got knife and fork. I think you've got to go with what you get when you sit down. Okay. I think eye mask is... That's probably our most promising. Yeah. Eye mask because it's kind of like elastic. A, yeah, it's got yes, like a, exactly. a catapult. So type maybe thing. you weigh down the front of the eye mask a little bit so it's got more uh, momentum. Okay, more so inertia. maybe you maybe you weigh that down with a safety announcement because that's like laminated a little chunky. Or the uh, the um, the hot towel. The hot towel or the sick bag. You know, you, you screw bag. that up into like a little ball. Tie it on the back of the face mask. Then you hold the elastic and you 
lash out your face mask, <laughs> lasso the coffee, <laughs> yeah. and but then just give it that little like wrist flick. Okay, but then Here's, then how do we prevent it hitting the floor? Uh, use the, the blanket fit the, or the laminated uh, in-flight magazine. You have that as you kind of cup that so it's like a, a shoot, and then. Hmm, Still, I mean, that's going to cover some of the ground. That's most of the ground. Is that enough for you to lean forward to grab it, or do we need just one final push? Well, no, if you, if you cup the safety announcement, which is a thinner, flat, laminated piece of paper, mm. and then use that to hold the in-flight magazine, so with two hands, you create a longer... You've got a, you've got a much longer shoot. What if you yeah. took your blanket and you hooked it underneath the tray, and then stretched it out back and hooked it behind your waist, and then you've got an unbroken, felty fabric stream in front of you That's that you can rest true. whatever you like on. I mean, there's, we're not, like, this is all well and good. We're not considering the possibility that actually you don't have to drink the coffee from the cup. Oscar basically invented a laminated trough. Yeah. So you can spill the coffee into that and have it be perfectly drinkable. So all you have to do is lift it to your face. Bam, perfect shoot in. Like a trowel. Yeah. <laughs> like a so coffee trowel. So you reach out, you scoop your coffee. <laughs> Bring it to your mouth. Treat, okay. treat your coffee like a solid, despite the fact that it is not. Mm. Is there yeah. anything... Because they have um, attendant buttons where you can ask for some extra stuff, like high priority. Yeah. Is there anything else you could ask for that, that isn't That alarming. they can bring for you that, okay, so that might all, help you? All food is off the table, because that comes later. And the mm. prospect of asking them to <clears throat> hand your coffee is obviously off the table. That's far too embarrassing. Okay, let's say for, let's say for social convention purposes, we can ask for max three items from them. Mm. You could probably ask for like toiletries, like maybe a toothbrush. That's very true. Or tweezers or something. Actually, you know what you get if you are in first class, which is what I'm assuming you, uh, she is with that amount of legroom. Mm. You get a glass of champagne upon sitting down. Ooh. We have ourselves here another long boy. So yeah, drink the champagne. Give yourself some, you know, buzz. Some buzz. <laughs> get yourself psyched. Get the creative MacGyver juices flowing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So drink the champagne. Put on the eye mask to give yourself some just solitude to think about your plan. Okay. Yeah. Take off the eye mask. <laughs> <laughs> so step one, drink champagne. Step two, put on eye mask. Step three, take off eye mask. Yeah, but in the time between steps two and three, you have meditated a little bit. You've okay, thought about cool. what you're going to do. So the champagne glass as well, worth noting, will be chilled. So okay, uh, I'm, when's, what's temperature do, got to do with well, this? No, I'm it's quite, it's, now. You don't want to burn yourself. That's the main thing. That's okay. the reason we didn't just like throw it, <laughs> throw it at yourself because <laughs> you'll get horrible burns. We're so close. We're so close. There's just one piece of the puzzle. We can do this. I think it's as simple as using the champagne flute as a trowel. Yep. I think it might be. You, you know, you attach the laminate sheet to the bottom of it, and then you've got a handle. You've got your thing. You've got everything ready. I think so that's you, probably you it. Hook the coffee. You pull up, and all of that sweet, hot caffeine goodness... It, it just runs straight down. Runs straight down into the cup. That's perfect. Into the glass, and then yeah. you, you can take the thing off again, because then you've got 125 <laughs> mils measured of sweet, sweet espresso. And you, your back has never, ever left the seat. Yep. Mm. And if you're feeling confident, you can do all this with your eye mask on. First time I wouldn't recommend with the eye mask on, but you know, if you're a frequent flyer and you want to, spi you want to spice up your commute, that's the way to do it. Wonderful. I think we fixed that up. That was quite the thought exercise. That was tough. Yeah, yeah I'm that, feeling, feeling drained. That was like the you know the, the one about the boats and the fox and the grain and stuff. It was, <laughs> that was that was yes. Akin the to riddle that. as old as time: the coffee, the legroom, and the trowel. That's it. That's the one. That's the way it goes. I mean, we're all warmed up now. Got our creative juices flowing. So let's move on to something else. 
Someone else we can help, Oscar? I think it's just as well we exercised our brains collectively to the max there, because this one is a doozy. Okay. So this one comes from the First World Problems Twitter, and it says, I have a wedgie, but my nails are wet. There is something distinctly horrible about that mental The image. wording could use some work. It, it could it's... be less sickening, yeah. But, uh, well, I think it's safe to say that's painted nails, not yes. just damp nails. Not just very <laughs> soaking wet nails. <laughs> which sweaty, is, sweaty nails which and everything is, else is bone dry. Yeah, it's unsettling that it's just that part of your hand that's wet. Yeah. So what so we, we have to do is find a way for them to get the pants out of the butt without sacrificing the good, good nail colour. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's worth noting how does... How, how do pants ride up into the butt in the first how, place? How does a wedgie form? How does a wedgie form? What came first, the butt or the wedgie? I'm going to say the butt. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, okay, you got, there you go. That's good. Trick question. <laughs> okay, cool. We've solved that part. So it's normally to do with movement. If yeah. you're sat stationary, your pants aren't magically sliding up your butt. No. If you're starting to sashay down the street, they might start shimmying up there. So once they're up, is there any movement you can do to that gets them out? Well, sure that, that will keep your hands stationary. That's the crucial thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking purely, you know, you didn't use your hands to get them up there. How, yeah. do you, how, do you, how do you get them back out without using your hands? Well, I'd imagine leaning forward and bending at the waist is going to pull them up there. Okay. So maybe back bends like in yoga. Interesting. So while you still have painted nails, you're expecting to fold yourself in half and not steady yourself with either of your hands. Yeah, you'd land on like your elbows. <laughs> oh, God. Or just your palms. Because yeah, if you're, you land on your palms, your nails are up, so you're fine. That's very true. So you expect this person to be flexible enough to do an entire handstand, basically. Not at first, but if it's a frequent problem, you mm. will get better at it. Okay. See, I'm... I mean, the body weight version is good. However, that's not going to be accessible for most people. I feel like we need some help. I feel like we need a contraption. Okay. We need a grabber of sorts. Well, like a litter picker. But yeah, but a litter picker that's, that's literally pointed straight up that you stand over and activate with a pedal. I mean, have you seen those... Uh, I can't tell if they're real or not, but they're trousers with built-in things that act as a bench. Yes, I have. Yeah, the ones that, you know, that they won't let you sit down as if you're on a chair, but they will, they will take the weight of your body. Yeah. Mm. So that is taking downwards force as something that's built into the trouser leg. So what you need is something that pulls down. Mm. <laughs> With that vigorous emotion pulling down, okay. Pulls down enough that it de-wedges you, but not enough that you're just pulling your own pants down inside your trouser legs. <laughs> enough that you're not just <laughs> eviscerating your pants. Would a very light vacuum be helpful? <laughs> What, vacuum pants? Vacuum pants. How so, do you activate vacuum pants so that you're not just constantly being sucked? Well, ooh. Uh, <laughs> what? I mean, there's a lot of danger inherent with vacuum. Of course. What about a piece of piano wire? <laughs> Go well, on. You've got danger and the first thing you think of is the first thing associated with murders. <laughs> think about it. I've got this mapped out. Okay. You put your clothes on for the day. You thread piano wire up from one ankle through your trousers into the pants and over, so it's hooked on. Okay. Then down the other leg onto the other ankle. Okay. When your feet are pointed forwards, with your heels up and yep. clenched, then that's sitting at the perfect level. Your pants start to rise up, and yep. then you've got a wedgie. What you can then do is lift your feet up and extend your ankle, which will okay. just give the wire a little tug. A little tug down. 
Okay, I can kind of see how that's working. Just However, pull it back in. I feel like just walking around, that wire is going to be going all over the place if it's foot angle dependent. Mm. But how much walking are you doing if you're getting your nails did? Oh, that's very true. You're probably at the salon. Yeah, but if you're sat down and there's wire in there, there's a lot of chafing and nasty rubbing and cuts. Oh. Would you I'm... rather have smudged nails? Yeah, you've got no. to really weigh up. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. You know me too well. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think a wire, I, I, I'd agree that the vacuum is in theory good, but I think too dangerous in actual application. In, in practice, it's too easy to be perverse. With. Maybe we combine the two ideas and we have, you Don't. know how, have you, you've ever used a vacuum where you've got that, um, segmented tube? Yeah. And when, oh, you, when yeah. you turn the vacuum on, it tenses up and yeah. it gets smaller. Yeah. So maybe you feed like a small vacuum tube through and rather than it being affected by the position of your ankles. Yeah. Maybe you you've got a button, button you can press that on then, your heels. You can on your click heels, together. like Dorothy. Yeah, and it it takes you <laughs> just to, like Dorothy, <laughs> just in every way, <laughs> akin to the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Haven't watched it in a while, but that's how I seem to remember it going. I remember most of the dance scenes were completely incoherent and unwatchable because all you hear was just <laughs> through the whole so, time. But yeah, the maybe maybe pads. it's a, a pneumatic system. <laughs> So you press something, you click your heels together, and it just tenses up a little bit. There's like a just, little gas canister in there. <laughs> just tugs it out. And this is a double win, because in order to fit all this technology in, we're going to have to go back to MC Hammer Pants as the main trouser I mean, of choice. That's very true. Mm. You're going to be fashionable and completely wedgie-free. But if they become a mainstay, because there's so much space in the crotchular region, people are going to be more inclined not to wear pants at all, which completely negates... Wedgies. But I mean, we fix this for pants. What if she's wearing a skirt? Mm. I mean, I know you can hide that pneumatic system up there, but it's tricky. However, we at least fixed it for pants. Yeah, I think pretty yeah. good. We're, we're not miracle workers here. No, I, think, I mean, no, we're miracle workers here, but can, one at a time. We can fix it for. We can fix it for. We're not miracles workers. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Yeah. It's something that is still in prototype staging. Check back later for yeah. updates on legless legwear. That's Skirts just... are like legwear, but they don't have legs, you know? I'd say they're still legwear. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the skirt, a skirt is legless legwear. Because well, it doesn't yeah. have legs as part of it, but you wear it on your <laughs> legs, you know? I guess mm. so. Now I'm just really enamoured with the idea of going into a woman's clothing shop and just seeing legwear and legless legwear as two separate, like, aisles. Think about it. It makes sense. <laughs> it does. I think we can say that's solved, aside from the uh, sticky legless legwear issue. Yeah, we're working on it, though. So, yeah, check back. In the meantime, let's do one more suggestion of these, then we'll move on to our own concoctions. Tom? So this comes from Jack Hackback on Reddit. I have plenty of food in the kitchen, but all of it needs to be cooked and I don't feel like cooking. See, I, I have this issue quite frequently because I'm not a big fan of cooking in my kitchen. I don't really get on with my roommates, so I want to spend as little time in the kitchen as possible because that's a communal area and it's, it's, not, it's not my vibe, it's not my space. So you've got to plan ahead. You've got to plan ahead, but at the same time, you don't feel like cooking when you're not hungry, let alone when you are hungry. Mm. So how on earth can we make it so that all of these ingredients can be rustled up into something utterly hassle-free. What about heated crockery? Like a hot Go. plate. So <laughs> I was going to say, you've invented that. So like a plate that's hot, wait. Yeah, but it's not on the stove. It's like a portable hot plate. Okay. And you just get a raw steak out of the fridge, smack it on your plate, 
and then go off to your room with your hot plate and it's just there sizzling. I think you've got ways to very quickly prepare certain items of food. So you've got things like flash frying, things that will cook things through very quickly. Mm. Not everything is fried. Some things do have to go in the oven. Some things do have to be boiled. Some things do have to be steamed, but they will but take a while. But everything can be fried. I No, no, I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm saying that there's got to be flash equivalents to every other preparation of cooking. Okay. So I like that. Flash chopped, put it in a blender. Okay. Flash okay, yeah. steamed. Um, how would you flash steam something? Geezers. Yeah. <laughs> Kitchen yeah, geezers. Yeah, well, there's videos of people chucking, like, microwave rice into, like, a hot geezer and it flies out and then it's cooked rice. Yeah. So Okay, so so kitchen geezers. We just need a small tabletop geezer. Yeah. Okay, mm. so how Telling about... you what to do. Telling you what to do. Go on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I can cook it. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to do with rice? Huh? What am I going to do with rice? <laughs> you mug. mug. Okay. <laughs> what else can we flash? Okay, what, what else can okay, we flash? So, so to, what other things constitute... Okay, uh, flash peeling. Oh. Um, you know those... Uh, once a year, you get a Christmas tree. Yep. And you put it in one end of a big metal device and it comes out the other end with, <laughs> Completely. A, with a sheath on, maybe you just push it through backwards. Oh, okay. And okay. It Speed takes, undresser. It takes the sheath off. I don't quite like I, that. I think that's flash peeling. Okay. I, okay, I could see that as flash peeling. And also, already, all of these sound much more fun than traditional cooking mm. methods. It's very so, true. You're going to be more enthused to do and do it. And they'll be over faster. It's true. Um, other I'm, things you need to do... Mm. Uh, flash oven, all right? Just make the oven really, really hot. So what you're saying here is furnace. Yep, furnace. Yeah, furnace. Or flash kiln. furnace. Some kind of kiln. Yeah, they're pretty so hot, you're right? going to stone bake all of, your, all of your food. Yeah. Yeah, next to the pig iron. <laughs> <laughs> You put your pork chops next to the pig iron and just go, yeah. I think the thing that really enthuses me about where we've taken this is the fact that there's now going to be a level of competition to this. I think there's going to be a scene born of competitive mm. speed cooking. Yeah. I think you're going to start time trialing your meals. Yeah. So there's going to be like the world championships of steak and chips. Mm. Well, you've, got, you've already got those pads where you have to tap both your hands on to time, time yourself, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. For like cup stacking and things like that. Yeah. So you just need something like that to go in your kitchen. That you put your meal to, down on. Next to all your weird flash devices. <laughs> next to your array of very deadly implements. I think that's something we haven't addressed. All of these things could kill a yeah, man instantaneously. This, this, this mm. does make your kitchen considerably more dangerous. But quicker. Much quicker. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, currently in our kitchen, all we have is knives, fire and gas. <laughs> Like, I think kitchens are already pretty dangerous. Yeah, that's true. You're already in a state of mind to be careful, so why would you... If you're in there for less time, you're less likely to get hurt. That's very true. I'm, I'm sure that when you were learning to cook, or, like, if your parents were teaching you to cook when you were younger, they go, oh, mind your fingers. Now it'll be, oh, mind your body. That's very true. Oh, yeah. mind all of you. Mind your everything. <laughs> Thing is, though, where where does this end? At this point, we're just going to be like, oh, the meat needs tenderizing. Quick, get the gun. Like, you don't I think it's, I think it's a, like a comedy mallet yeah <laughs> one like you know how yeah tenderizing meat takes lots of small hits from a small mallet just one <laughs> very big, big hit from a big mallet <laughs> that's gonna be very See, tender these are the kind of optimi optimizations that we need we need to make sure we cut down on the little things that sorts out crushing things as well mm. that yeah. How many times do you need a crusher? Yeah, crush, yeah, crush nuts, crush garlic. One, one big ass one mallet. One very hit. big mallet. That'll Where crush are it. we storing the giant mallet? Well, your kitchens have to get bigger, but you know, <laughs> all kitchens must. I mean, to be fair, we have to fit a furnace in the kitchen. So yeah. yeah, maybe the bottom of the furnace is just like ridged, 
and you just use the furnace as the big heavy weight that you use for your mallet. So, so it's suspended on wires. Okay, you're talking about one absolute giant multi-tool. <laughs> yes! just does everything really quickly. Wait, the kitchen is the multi-tool. Oh my. <laughs> so it's a massive hammer cum furnace. <laughs> Come blender, peeler, come blender, that you have to walk into. Well, <laughs> it's like that whole yeah. scene in Chicken Run where they're navigating the pie making machine. <laughs> That's what your kitchen is going to turn into when you get in there. Absolutely, like yeah. it's all automated as well. Like there's a button on the outside, like a kind of a, an interface mm. where you program in what you're going to eat, and then the door like remains steadfastly locked while all the ingredients are being prepared. This this seems like the kind of thing you'd need two key bearers with like, like <laughs> operating it in unison to get into just for safety protocol. There's a big red button in the middle of it. Communicating only in stern nods. <laughs> well, so every single time you want to cook, instead of well, you want to eat and not cook, mm. you have to call up the other key bearer from Luxembourg and just be like, hi, yeah, I think, uh, I'm, I'm really fancy a stir fry could you could you get here six hours yeah sure yeah i'll see you then bye yeah but what you do is you prepare the week's meals at that time oh okay yeah. so you you call up your your other key bearer yeah one like every sunday evening and you meal prep the whole thing, well, with, the thing the, with the I, terrifying food because it's only going to take two minutes at a time you get into a uh you get into a routine so you don't have to call up every time you just know that sunday is cooking day okay yeah. or cooking at cooking hour yeah, in which you cook everything minute. for the rest of the month or something because <laughs> you can do it all so quickly it's very true. Okay, I have one last thing to add to this, because I think it's 99% of the way there. Right. But there's one thing in the cooking process that we've not taken into account. How do we flash wash up? Uh, you've seen water parks before. <laughs> but... <laughs> they tend to have wave machines. Okay. So maybe... Maybe you've got slides in the multi-tool that all... <laughs> Slide down to well, a hang pool. On. You know, you know, flumes at water parks. Just yeah. going on from this idea, you've got taps at the top of the slide pumping water into it so yep. that it's not dry on the inside. Mm. All you do is combine the water pressure with that with the water pressure from like a fire hydrant or something. <laughs> okay. So you've got a tube into which you put all your plates and wash it, uh, cooking utensils. Ooh. With really high pressure water going into it, so it's like a wall of water. Everything passes yep. through which is so high pressure it just blasts off all debris. Coming back to the portable plates idea, rather than taking the cooking process to the plate, maybe we take the washing process to the plate. We take your jets, fit them on the edges of the plates, and they're just constantly cleaning. While you're they, eating? Yeah, so it gets rid of, in a, in a water park analogy, it gets rid of the debris, it keeps it slip yeah. free. Yeah. But if you sit on it, you can like be wait to be told to go. You're, like, yeah. you're not being shoved out. And in that analogy, that's your burger, that's your food. So your oh. food sits steadfast on the plate, but any crumbs are whisked away. Yeah. I so love I guess this. not water, but like jets of air or something, because water will make it wet. Mm, that's true. I feel Which like it's fine if you're eating soup. I think we've treaded this ground before with soup being too hot. <laughs> was that like we a, have. Yeah. But I honestly. I think you might have hit on that. That was the one wrinkle in this otherwise mm. deadly but perfect plan. Self-cleaning plates that come in the same box as the multi-tool. I mean, you say the same box, they come in the same room. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> big box. Solved. I think the, the deadly multi-tool will be perfect. I'll get it. Brand name's a stickler, but... <laughs> I mean, we're not going to sell fine. many units, but the two that we do, my word, they're going to have some very fast meals. Making bank. Right, and with that solved, we'll move on to But Better. This is our section of the show where we take 
our own suggestions, our own ideas for things that aren't mistakes, aren't issues, but they can always be bumped up. They can always be given that extra 10% sheen just to make your life a little bit better. Today's suggestion, reading evolved. <laughs> That'd be me. So, okay. books, you know them, you love them. It's very hard to get as immediately surprised or to connect with them on the same kind of level as something you can see or feel. Have you invented film? No, 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 no. Tom, get that gutter talk out of here. Picture the scene. You're reading a book. You've been reading it for quite some time. You've had the build-up. You've had character development. You've read through the chapters. There have been events. Things have happened. You think you know where it's going to go. You turn a page just expecting it, and then suddenly a big gust of air comes out and blows you backwards. Like, whoa! I am in this! Now I am I'm there. Still words on the page. So you keep okay. on keep on reading through. You get to another paragraph and it kind of as you get past a paragraph it gets cold, suddenly, you know, oh The wind again. No, 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 the book's cold <laughs> in your hands. Oh. And you go through it's got some tension, the book starts slowly vibrating. I'm talking about integrating reactionary Oh, what's the one I'm looking you're for having here? literary Lit feedback. You're, you're, Literal. You're, you're doing the 4D cinema experience, but for books. Yeah, it's yeah. For, it, that was, I think, the original working title for this is Books 4D, but I okay. think Books Reading Evolved, Reading Evolved or whatever. Yeah. It basically makes it more physically immersive to what you're reading. So okay. it reacts to points in the book where something scary happens or something good happens and gives you 4D feedback to it, which helps you get more connected to it. Because, I get that. You know... This when you've got 4D cinemas, there's one that does Titanic mm. where you watch it in boats and then water comes up and it gets cold and then you smell things, etc. <laughs> this is immediately evocative of another type of media, board games, Jumanji. Yes. Yes, very much so. I'd be lying if I said I hadn't thought of Jumanji. <laughs> but Jumanji's a game, it's not a book. You need to, you know... That's what I'm saying, it's the same kind of concept. Like, you'll be reading about events and they'll kind of be happening, but not really. Yeah. Jump scares aren't very present in books. Not anymore. Yeah. Suddenly it's all over the place. It makes them more you exciting. The, you turn over the page and bam! Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a sound. You go, whoa, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty scared, pretty spooked. I do really like this idea. I mean, it would obviously need a lot of big name books and uh, well-loved brands and series to get on board with it first to start launching it and then new ones would appear. Yeah, of course. The ones that I worry about are... Really, let's be honest, for better or for worse... Are you thinking Fifty Shades of Grey? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the I mean, 4D experience of that will be fucking harrowing. Can I ask a quick question? Of course. Which is, how big is this system? Like, are all the things coming from just a small book and a fairly limited? Or is it like a safe room that you go into where everything is like... <laughs> plugged into the book that you're reading. I mean, that's a very premium experience, I think. It realistically will have to start out like that. It'll start out as uh, an event you can go to. So there'll be a Wuthering Heights event. Sounds boring as anything, but there will be something like that where there are rooms... There's a lot of windy mountains. There's <laughs> a lot of... Well, that's easy to do because it's just wind. And... <laughs> it's always wind. So what we've discovered wind there is a wind rain. machine. Yeah. Right, uh, so are, we, are we sticking just to wind-based? <laughs> Maybe we wind do uh, wind in the willows. <laughs> <laughs> Wind and Wuthering. I have a I have a way for us to meet in the middle here. Okay. So it's not just a book. It's not a room. We meet in the middle. You were talking about the idea of a book plugged in, and that set my thoughts going. Mm. I have recently acquired a Nintendo Switch. I enjoy okay. it a lot. I think Reading Evolved is a dock. Okay. So Ooh. you go and plug whatever you're reading 
into. Okay. Right. And then it reacts. So I guess the the way it's got to have something tracking where your eyes are on the page. So this is the mm -hmm. thing. You plug whatever book you're reading into it. Immediately, that's all the text is scanned and it's sent to a small tablet like a Kindle. Right. And you start reading that. That's got eye tracking. Mm. That starts knowing where you are. And that has rumble features, wind features, temperature sensors, like HD rumble, all kinds of stuff. Audio okay. feedback. Yep. So this is not a system that... You don't have to buy a new... Say you've already read Wuthering Heights. Yeah. And you want to read it in Reading Evolved. You don't have to buy a new copy of the book. Absolutely not. You, you plug it just... into Reading Evolved. Right, okay. Which So it is just literally a scanning thing that scans the book, mm. works yeah. out where the high and low points are, and then appropriately reacts. Pretty mm. much exactly that, yeah. So... You buy this dock system, yep. how much is the dock system? I mean, it depends how many things we're having on it, because we've discussed wind, mm. but let's be honest, we're doing thermal stuff as well. Yep. We're doing a lot of things. It's going to be a premium product. Mm. If it's working with all books, however, I think you can very quickly make the value proposition argument of probably around 500 to 600 pounds. Yeah, yeah. You've got a lot of books already. You've got a ton of books already. Work. Yeah. There's, I think there's got to be some book-specific... Features. I was just about yeah. to reference this. Do you know what we do? We do the Nintendo method. Right. A new peripheral for each book that you can plug in. Okay, so people like Waterstones or yeah. WH Smith. They do a bundle pack with the book and the peripheral that you plug into your reading evolved. You buy Fifty Shades of Grey, you're probably going to want a spunk spurter or something that kind of plugs in alongside to get you there. Dear God, never use those two <laughs> words in a conjunction ever again. I'm so sorry, but you know what I mean. You yeah, just get a peripheral something box. weirdly culinary about it. And I just... <laughs> Like, you've got it next to your baster, and your whisk, and your spunk spurner, and your deadly multi-tool. Not, not you as well. Oh. Join. Join us. I'm not saying. Um, yeah, I think it will also encourage current authors to... I mean, let's be honest, if, if there's going to be this peripheral craze, people are going to write books specifically about reactions, like mm. <laughs> Johnny's trip to the volcano. <laughs> like, so the book is just going to be hot the whole time. <laughs> oh god, I love this idea. I do like the concept of books that were never meant to be read this way, having really horrible peripherals and or adverse reactions like mm. your kids reading Winnie the Pooh on reading Evolved and the whole tablet's covered in honey. Yeah. You just can't like, use wow, anything. It's sticky. <laughs> Just a book called Earthquake that just vibrates <laughs> so strongly you can't read any of the words on the page. <laughs> like, I think to wrap this up, what would our favourite books be like if Ooh. we read them in Reading Evolved? That's interesting. You wouldn't want to read anything like, like I'm currently reading American Psycho and I definitely, definitely, definitely wouldn't want to read that. You with wouldn't, Reading Evolved. but what would happen if you did? I think it's got to like shock you, I guess, to kind of make you connect to when pain is happening so there's a people. lot of there's a lot of rumble going on for pain but there's lots of bits where he's on coke and so what the words start scrolling past faster so you can't they, read it they start quick. shaking the words start mm. shaking and then it you know there's lots of things you can do to this if it is going to be on a tablet yeah or something so you can have things like fear and loathing in las vegas where the words all kind of like dissolve into just gunk at the bottom and everything is very colorful and then suddenly there's nothing and then it's all far too intense i love that mm. a lot yeah uh, what about you? What would your favourite book be like with Reading Evolved? See, most of the books that I read and enjoy, or at least I'm nostalgic for, is kind of the high fantasy Terry Pratchett tongue-in-cheek. Same with me. Comedy magic stuff. It's like, there's a lot of things he does where he describes things that can't be. 
So is that going to overheat that, that and just would... break reading Evolve? Like you talk about... <laughs> Terry Pratchett books are banned by law yeah, for reading you, you Evolve. Yeah, you talk about like the colour of magic and it being a sort of greenish purple and all this kind of impossible geometry shit. That's going to break the system. <laughs> we found a flaw already. We found a flaw. Okay, so fantasy's off. How do you do things like people's autobiographies? So when you talk about musicians' autobiographies where they start out young mm. and they talk about the early years in which what all the text is huge and everything's very <laughs> soft and quite nice. And then they go through that difficult middle patch where the book gets cold and uh, <laughs> you have to really squint to start seeing everything and just to give you a sense of how difficult it is. I really like that. Like it, it starts being that whole, like video games very quickly realised it didn't have to be fun in order to make you feel something. So for example, mm. when a character was having a bad thing, you had to play that and feel bad. Mm. Books never did that. Until now, you have to go through what the character is going through. Yeah. So if they're going through drugs withdrawal, like in a musician's autobiography, yeah. you're gonna, like that, reading it's, it's gonna feel like shit. Yeah, it's cold, then it's hot, and it's shaking. <laughs> and the words all disappear, then they're too big, then it's too quick and too slow. And it keeps telling you that you're a prick and that it doesn't mean it. Yeah, Benjamin Button would be a nightmare. Oh my... <laughs> What, it starts really wrinkly and then yeah. just gets... <laughs> well, no, it starts like you're trying to read this foreign language because you're a child, you're a baby and you don't understand. Yeah. Then as it goes on, like the words in the middle of the book are really clear. And then towards the end, you have to really str struggle and strain. It and starts it's just, evolving. The book gets really heavy. <laughs> oh, I love this. Like, there's so many possibilities. And, like, obviously there's the most commercial lights. There's, like, you plug in a Harry Potter and it's just, like, green lights and red lights and easy things for mm. the spells. Yeah. But then you get into the real nitty-gritty of what if you plug in my favourite book, To Kill a Mockingbird? How do you mm. depict racism? Oh, I yeah, think that's... It's, that's... it's the age-old, like, Pictionary dilemma of, like... <laughs> I don't know, maybe... Maybe you sell expansion packs? Like, that's what, that's reading what involved saying. emotions... Oh, so we go the Sims route. Reading evolved climates. <laughs> that's this is classy. I like this. Yeah. Reading evolved horror. Horror. Yeah, yeah. And that, so, and yeah maybe genres. That's where the that's where the um, Fifty Shades of Grey thing. Reading evolved erotica. Yeah. And that's just mm. this whole different thing that we don't even have to look at in the aisle. Yeah. We can just breeze right past. That's it. that's in a curtained back room. <laughs> so what what happens if you try and read, say, a horror book and you don't have the horror expansion pack? Do you get like? <laughs> Every... Pop-ups telling you to download the pack constantly, or do, yeah. do we... Well, a little pop-up comes up, like, a jump scare is coming, but it seems you don't have the appropriate paraphernalia. <laughs> but it yeah. comes up with a really, really loud noise. What if it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know those, those fake guns where you shoot and a little flag comes out and says, bang? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's like that for a jump scare, like you turn the page and there's just a face there and it's like... So the book's gradually, really? <laughs> the book's gradually getting ah. hotter and shaking more, and you're getting like, oh god, the tension's building. You just turn over the page, and it's just words. You go, ah. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I need to buy into something. Ah, <laughs> oh, this would have been so much better if I had the whole thing. This is amazing to me. But one final, final thing before we go. This feels like something that you have to have at home. This doesn't feel portable, right? No. There's a lot of shit going on here. Well, it's like a record player, you know? Yeah, you, I think you, it is. You, it's you, an evening's entertainment. You go yeah. home and you enjoy it from the comfort of your own home with your set. This is what I was getting at. So the same way record players evolved into eventually MP3 players, mm. in the future, where does reading evolve go? Where does reading evolve evolve to? Oh, uh, reading classic and then it's just books again. <laughs> yeah. We do a hard reboot. <laughs> we do. <laughs> reading. <laughs> but with a lowercase r. Yeah, Done. Yeah. No, I'm good with that. Me too. And, nice. Uh, while we wait for this product to come to the masses, uh, we have been First World Solutions. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. And uh, if you did like it, maybe give it a share around, post a link to your friends, let them know what we're all about, and let them know we can help them if they've got some little issues they want solving.
If you've been listening on iTunes, make sure to leave us a review, write a comment, make that page look nice and fancy to anyone uh, coming in and wanting to have a listen just to check what we're all about. Really means a lot to us that uh, we've had such a good response so far. We'd love to be able to push that to iTunes and just make sure that it's as popping as our SoundCloud is. That would be wonderful. And if you have a question, a problem or a suggestion you want to get to us directly, you can contact us through FWSCast. That's our Twitter handle and our Facebook username. So send any problems in there or hashtag anything you've got with first world problems or first world solutions we check both of those and if you want to send us an email it's fwscast at gmail.com send us anything in and you could be on another episode in the meantime thanks for listening i've been joel i've been oscar i've been tom no problems no problem no problem